Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, April 24th. The vibratory interchange between the sexes generates a strong magnetism. Maintain, therefore, a discreet mental distance from and minimize your contact with those of the other sex whose consciousness is sensual or worldly. As much as possible, Avoid contact of the eyes or hands. A hand clasp creates two horseshoe magnets, the one upward, uniting the upper bodies, the other downward, uniting the lower. With such people, take care to be centered in the self. Now, this is another one that nobody really wants to hear. You know, nowadays there's so much um, sort of emphasis on equality and emphasis on freedom and, you know, just all of this sort of, I don't know what it is. I do feel, and I, I take the liberty of being an old lady at this point. Bear in mind, I'm an old lady who came up through the 60s. So don't, don't mistake <laughs> an old lady for a narrow-minded one or a prudish one. I'm not any of those things. But, but partly because I am not any of those things, this is very real. And people are these days just play with the magnetism between men and women, or let's just call it sexual magnetism, because now we've moved out beyond opposite genders and we just talk about magnetism between genders. Swami's talking about the fundamental yin-yang energy. Yin-yang energy is two halves of a whole, and it's always trying to make itself into a whole. And, you know, in other eras... The primary yin-yang energy was between a male, one in a male body and one in a female body. Now we've sort of spun the magnetism in so many different ways, and cosmically the magnetism for God's own reason is spun in so many different ways. Let's just talk about yin-yang. Yin-yang is when opposites meet, there's a very powerful attraction. And, and that powerful attraction is inherent. And whatever, you're, whatever body you're walking around in, you have a certain magnetism that has an opposite pole to it. And when you meet that opposite pole, there's a great deal of force. Now, ideally, this is wonderful. These for, these, this this yin-yang force pulls us together into deep soul bonds and to profound love relationships. We create, we, we create partnerships that, that, that train us to go deeper and deeper and deeper into our own capacity to give and to love. This is wonderful. We're practicing. We're learning how to be the the unconditional loving divine for one another. This is quite necessary. But also there's another side of it, which is people play with this energy. And they just like the, I don't know, the thrill, the challenge, the adventure, the... the, um, the intensity, the temporary intensity of it, and we just don't think anything of it. You know, people even in committed partnerships still, um, I mean, the word is flirt that I hear all the time. They flirt over here. I think it's like playing with fire. 
it's absolutely flirting, but it's not flirting with anything that in the end that I have observed in my years of, and I know hundreds of people because I've lived in community for a long, long time, traveled around the world. I'm in a position where people confide in me. And I just say, this is a real force. And you can test it. And that's what people are doing. And that's not bad. Swami himself said it's, you know, a lot of the collapse of what you might call traditional moral structures is actually a really good idea because people weren't really good. Their, their impulses were not controlled. They were just afraid of going to hell. And fear is not the same as transcendence. So it's, it, it, we're, nobody's going to hell. We're, we can put ourselves in hell meaning that we can act in such a way that we increase our suffering and greatly decrease our possibility of happiness. But it's not because God condemns us and throws us there. It's because we've made certain choices that have consequences. It's just basically choices have consequences. And we can insist as much as we want that choices don't have consequences, but it doesn't matter, they do. If you're mean and selfish and unkind to everyone and give nothing and demand everything you will not have many friends. And that's where you'll end up. I mean, I've, I've held women as they wept because their children have repudiated them, but it's not hard to understand why their children have repudiated them. The woman or the man tends to be more mothers in my experience, um, may suffer from that, but that doesn't mean that they've caused it, that they haven't caused it. It's heartbreaking, but that's how we learn. That's what Swami said, it's not all bad that traditional structures have collapsed because they were more fear-based or, or humiliation-based. I remember when I was about 13 or 14, you know, just coming into my own as an adult person, and I was always a, a nonconformist was actually the word that we used at that time, even though I wasn't, I, I wasn't a, a troublemaker, and I didn't rebel just for the sake of rebelling, but I was self-directed, not as strongly as I, I became later, but even then I was. And I remember thinking about fashion and the way we were supposed to dress, and I realized that fashion was enforced 100% by embarrassment, that you could show up anywhere dressed in any way as long as you were clothed, Nowadays, even that becomes debatable, but at that time, as long as you were clothed, you could be clothed in any way you wanted, and there would be no greater enforcement than people looking at you with disapproval. So if you were vulnerable to people's disapproval, then you had to dress a certain way. But if you were not vulnerable to people's disapproval, there was no other enforcement system. And so with a tremendous number of social mores, it's all enforced by not wanting to be embarrassed, not wanting to be humiliated in, in public. But if you're sufficiently self-directed, you pay no attention to it at all. You know, great geniuses who are genuinely preoccupied on a higher level are notoriously indifferent to things that other people think are important. And, you know, sometimes people who are not great geniuses but are just independent thinkers participate in the same way. It's a, it's a fine line that I'm talking about, but what, um, let me just think for a moment. Oh yes, I was talking about making experience 
our actual criteria. You know, we can break, break down the rules and then we want to find out what's true. But in order for that to be beneficial, we have to be honest about our experience and not just pick up something that we want to be true. Like, I can indulge myself as much as I want to, and as long as I'm enjoying myself, what difference does it make? Well, I don't know. Find out. You know, marry, have children, be unfaithful to your partner. See how well that goes over. See how well you feel. I mean, you may feel great in a short period of time, but later, when you're estranged from your children, and the partner with whom you had your fling has gone on to have a fling with another partner, you know, how is that working for you? Now, I'm not a prude and I'm not narrow-minded. These days, you know, one lifetime, we live many lifetimes in one lifetime. So I'm not, I'm not talking about rigidity or anything like that. I'm talking about what's really real. And one of the most powerful forces in the world is this yin-yang attraction. And if we think, oh, I can just play with it, I can flirt, I enjoy the energy, I'm never going to get caught, mm, we'll see. And there's also a, a, a kind of um, stealing that goes on. Is You know, theft is what I mean to say. And this is what I have talked to often. It's between men and women when I've had these conversations. Well, you know, I love my wife and I love my family, but... She's thus and so, and I've met this other woman, and she has all these other qualities, and so if I spend time with her, it makes me less critical of my spouse. Mm, we'll see. But the kind of intimacy that you're creating with this other woman is actually what you've promised your wife. And you're, you're just taking it out of your primary relationship, and you're spending it over here. Maybe you have an argument against it. Let me just say that with no exceptions that I can think of at the moment, I've never seen it make people happier in the end. I've seen it cause endless heartbreak. See, the problem with life, and this is the annoying thing, the problem with life is it's not really set up for self-indulgence. We think it is. We want it to be. We want it to be, oh, what, we want life to be what I want it to be. But we unfortunately discover that life is here to teach us to transcend these compelling desires within us. And, and the word is compulsion. You know, I, I myself have had marriage and I've had lives, times of renunciation. I expect to have another incarnation or two or three or four or a hundred, I don't know. And I don't honestly care. Let me phrase it differently. It's, I'm doing my best. It's beyond me to say. And I don't really care what pattern my life takes. What I want to be is I want to be inwardly free. I do not feel in this lifetime I have been inwardly free. I have been compelled by irresistible wants, needs, and desires. Now everyone else mostly may think, well, that's perfectly normal. Yes, it's normal, but it's not good. <laughs> and it's also not, not the freedom, the spiritual freedom that I'm looking for. There's nothing wrong with any choice. But when I know that I am being compelled by an outward a desire for satisfaction and a belief that this, this will come, that this satisfaction will come to me, I'm not making a free choice. My subconscious habits are pushing me. The emptiness of my heart is pushing me. The hormones of my body are pushing me. My need for security is pushing me. None of this is freedom. 
Freedom is to stand calmly in the center and to say to Divine Mother, what do you want from me? Who do you want me to be? Oh, okay, I'll I'll happily do that. I would be lying to you if I said that's the life I've lived. I'm better at it now. I mean, all you have to do is run into the wall about 190 million times, you know, like a runaway train, thinking you're on clear tracks and suddenly bashing into the concrete supports of the bridge, and then you have to say, gee, what happened there? <laughs> Seemed like such a good idea. What, what, you know, what was this about? And then a little honest introspection, a lot more courage, a lot more courage to see what's really motivating me. I remember once many years ago, I was accused of some nefarious behavior. As it happened, I was completely innocent. But I had to admit that I could have been guilty. (laughs) I was falsely accused, and there was a part of me that wanted to stand up. But a part of me knew that, in fact, the opportunity to behave that way had never been given to me. But if it was, I really wasn't sure what I would have done. So I said that this wasn't actually true, but I didn't say it very loud, and I didn't say it very often. I just thought, well, in some previous life, I probably got away with it. So this time I'm being accused, just accept it as my just punishment. But that was just an honest assessment of both things. Happens to be false this time, but it's not an untrue accusation. We have to be very honest. What are we really trying to do? And what gets us into trouble all the time is that we're not honest about our own motives. Or we're not honest about our own limitations. And I mean, I always say to people when I'm talking to them, honestly, I don't really care what you do. I don't really care what you feel. I don't really care what you think. Just tell me the truth. You know, okay, this is how you feel. This is what you want. This is what your inclination is. Let's think about how to do this then in the best possible way. You know, if you're going to take an action that might be a little dicey, let's see if there's a way we can make it less dicey. But you know, if this is what you have to do, this is what you have to do. So that's how we learn. We have to, if we don't really know it from our inner self, then we just have to find out. And then if we keep our minds and eyes open and our hearts humble, oh yeah, I'll remember that one. And next time, I'll make a different choice. Okay? The vibratory interchange between the sexes generates a strong magnetism. Maintain, therefore, a discreet mental distance from and minimize your contact with those of the other sex whose consciousness is sensual or worldly. As much as possible, avoid contact of the eyes or hands. A hand clasp creates two horseshoe magnets, the one upward uniting the upper bodies, the other downward uniting the lower. With such people, take care to be centered in the self. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.